0: So this morning is a special day in the life of the church. Um, uh, For those of you who might have grown up in the church, or maybe for those of you who didn't grow up in the church, you know that um, this season is what we call Advent. Um, Advent are the four weeks leading up to Christmas, so we don't go from Thanksgiving to Christmas. We actually go from Thanksgiving to the Advent season where uh, we as the church, we watch and we wait where we recognize the places in this world that are weary or broken or feel fragile. And that's why we anticipate the goodness of God to be revealed in our lives to make all things whole. And so it's not um, that we just simply celebrate Jesus Christ, but we also celebrate why Christ had to come into the world um, because we were at, um, at at odds with God, that there was a need for God to come and to heal us and to redeem us and to restore this world that is so very broken. So over the course of the next um, four weeks, we're going to actually hear or read or preach on passages of scripture from the prophet Isaiah. And you'll notice that these passages of scripture aren't all that happy clappy. In fact, they oftentimes speak to the brokenness of the human condition, but they also too speak to the power and the glory of God in the midst of our human condition. Here in Advent, we hold this reality that the world is not as it should be, but that God who comes into this world, will make it as it should be. So during the season of Advent, as we wait and we watch for God to redeem all things in creation, we can also watch and wait for God to redeem all things in our lives. So hear now these words from the prophet Isaiah um, in the second chapter beginning with the first verse. And this is what the scripture says. For out of Zion shall go forth instruction and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. God shall judge between the nations and shall arbitrate for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. O house of Jacob, come. Let us walk in the light of the Lord. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. And will you pray with me? God, we give you thanks and praise that we stand on this first day of the new year in the life of the church, Advent. And that as we stand in the new year in the life of the church, we do so watching and waiting with hope, that you are a God who will speak to us a redemptive word, a good word, a word that will set us free, and a word that will give us life. So I pray, oh God, that you will take my words and hold them in the palm of your hands and breathe upon these words that they may have life beyond the page or even life beyond my lips. That as we are the hearers of this word, that these words might rest gently upon our hearts and be lived out beautifully in our lives that we might be the people that you have called us to be by the power of your word and Holy Spirit. This we pray in the strong name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. So not too long ago, um, I was listening to a special series that This American Life... um, Broadcast about Syrian refugees who found themselves in Greece. Um, there are about 31,000 uh, Syrian refugees who um, are in that place traveling from their broken um, homeland uh, to some place that they will one day finally call home. But oftentimes, Syrian refugees find themselves in this middle place of living in refugee camps. Now most of us, when we think about Greece, we think about tourist locations, uh, we think about uh, beautiful buildings, we think about beautiful seas. But for most of our Assyrian brothers and sisters who find themselves exiled or who are refugees, they are quarantined to wooded areas in Greece. Oftentimes in the evening, snakes being able to crawl into their tents um, and even uh, in places where wild boar roam. And in this particular series that This American Life did, they, they interviewed individuals to talk about this experience of having to leave a war-torn country just to move to a place that still held a lot of trauma. Now, I have to just uh, confess this to you. Um, over the past five years, I have become overly sensitive to uh, podcasts like this, or to stories like this, or documentaries like this, because they haunt me a little longer than they used to, the more that I'm kind of coming awake to the injustices in the world. It's hard for me not to to turn off um, this voice that says, gosh, I wonder how traumatic this must feel for children to wonder if in the middle of the night the wild boar are going to come. I cannot turn off my... um, The question's in my head, what must it feel like to be homeless, to yearn for home that doesn't feel like home, and to be in a place that's supposed to be a temporary home that doesn't feel like home, and to not know how long you're going to be in that place before you get to another place that you can call home. But I think the underlying question that I have whenever I listen to stories like this, especially in this season of Advent, is how is it that people in that present-day circumstance or situation that is so difficult, how do people hold on to hope? Once I switch off the radio and I'm no longer listening to this American life, I recognize that someone is living that present day existence and I'm wondering, how is it that a child, that a mother, that a father, that a brother, that a friend, holds on to hope in such desperate situations? And those questions and those answers are are all found for us in this season called Advent. Because during this season, we keep ourselves awake to the ways in which the world is weary. And we also keep ourselves awake to the Messiah who is coming into the world so that the weary world can actually rejoice. That's why... We're going to find ourselves in passages of scripture that may make us squirm just a little bit that don't talk about angels and lights and stars, but talks about how God proclaims a preferred future in the midst of a broken present. So the prophet Isaiah um, listens to God to offer up a word to God's people who just happen to also be refugees So whenever you hear about the people of God in the many books of um, the the book of Isaiah, uh, they are in the midst of exile. They have been refugees, they have been exiled, and they've been living in a very desperate and violent situation. And they've been refugees for a while, which you can um, understand this. Over and over again, the people of God keep on asking Isaiah and keep on asking God, has God forgotten about us? With every single passing year, that they find themselves in a place that is not home, that is just a temporary place for them before they can actually be in a place that they can call home. The people who are supposedly chosen by God begin to wonder, has God forgotten about us? And these promises that God keeps on speaking about who we are and who God is, will they actually be be actualized in our lifetime? That's, That's the question that the people of God and the book of Isaiah hold. But this is the beautiful thing about this book. Over and over again, in the book of Isaiah, God speaks a word to Isaiah that is one, oftentimes seemingly too good to be true. Where, where God will say, I will make beauty out of ashes, that a dry place will be like an a, like a, like a overflowing river. That you who have been exiled, you are going to know that you are beloved and that you are mine. When you walk through the fire, I will be with you. When you walk through the floods, I will be with you. And when God offers this word to Isaiah that feels like it's too good to be true, then God also shares with Isaiah how God will will act, how God will make it so. But the very powerful thing I find in this book of Isaiah, as we are people who are sitting in this place called Advent, is that God speaks this mighty word through Isaiah about how good life is going to be in the midst of how broken their lives are in the present. God speaks about a beautiful preferred future that seems to betray the circumstances of their broken present. But just as soon as the people of God Begin to get weary and wondering, has God forgotten them? God will say, no, 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 no. I know you are living a life that feels like it's overcome with ashes. I'm going to make something beautiful of it. I know that right now it seems like uh, the, the boots of the warriors are trampling in blood, but I promise you that I'm going to show you that I'm the prince of peace. Over and over again, in the midst of a broken present, God speaks a word to Isaiah, to the people of God, who feel like they are forgotten of God's preferred future. Like this passage says, don't overlook those words at the beginning. In the days to come, in the days to come, I, your living God, will arbitrate upon, uh, among the peoples. I will be a just God where the world has not been just. In the days to come, You will walk in the light of the Lord. You will not just people who say something about who I am, but you will actually walk in my ways and love in my ways and show mercy in my ways and heal in my ways. You will actually be at work in the way that I am at work in the world. And then God even says this, you will be the kind of people that you will turn your weapons of war into garden tools. And because you do not fear the person beside you, you will choose not to study war anymore, but you will also be those who are ambassadors of peace, for I will be the prince of peace in the days to come. In the midst of their present situation, this is the promise of God. That's what Advent Is for us. That as we sit in the present of a weary world, as we sit in the present of a hypocritical world, as we sit in the present of a divisive world, as we sit in the present of a hateful world, as we sit in the present of a world that will traffic children, as we sit in the present of those who do not have. Healthcare, as we sit in the presence of those who are hated and incarcerated because of the color of their skin, as we sit in the present of those who cannot have their basic needs met, as we sit in the present of a world that is as hard as pig iron, as Howard Thurman would say it, as we sit in the presence of a world that literally sighs with groans too deep for words, as we sit in the present of a broken and a weary world, Advent reminds us, in the days to come, in the days to come, on December 25th, we will say, oh my goodness, Christ has come into the world, but lest we not forget why we needed Christ to come into this present world. The world as it is, to this God who is always unsettled when we are hurting and when we are broken and when we are pained, promises us the world as it should be. It was often said of Nelson Mandela that he knew how to expand the art of the possible. That in the midst of really difficult situations, he would imagine what a different reality would look like and then he would actually work for that new reality. Advent is our, our way as people of faith to expand the art of the possible. To say we recognize what the world looks like right now but we know what God Can do in this world we recognize how people are hurting in this world but we know how God can heal those who are hurting we recognize what is broken in this world but we know how God might meant we are going to live like those who are waiting for in the day to come days we're going to expand the art of the possible during the four weeks of Advent you might be saying to yourself Lisa Well, then how are we going to make this happen? All the things that make the world weary. How do we change those things? You know, I wish I knew. I wish I knew what was the magic answer to make sure that we love children more than we love our weapons. I wish. I wish I had the right hashtag to change everyone's mind. But this is what I do know that sometimes when the world is unjust, sometimes if we can first start with our own lives to be just. So, is there someone in your household that you scream at all the time? What would it look like for you to be an ambassador of peace? Start there. Do you hold on to grudges so tightly that literally you can feel your blood pressure increasing when you're in the, when you're in the room with other people? what would it look like for you to be a person who can embody some mercy and some grace? That this Advent season wouldn't be just about you trying to find someone the perfect gift, but in your present situation, you might make yourself available to the goodness of the gift who might change you, that you might look the way in which God dreams you to be. Friends, on this first Sunday of Advent, may we be like the prophet Isaiah, speaking to a world that is so broken, but holding on hope for in the days to come. As our worship team comes back, I'm going to invite us to pray. God, we thank you and we praise you. That you are a God who comes in due season. That we're not always sure or how or why. But we trust that you will come in due season. As your Advent people who watch and wait, we do so waiting with hope and trusting in your in the days to come. That in all the places where the world sighs, heavy, weary. And all the places where we sigh, heavy, weary. That you, the coming Messiah, might make all things right. So help us to be unsettled with the world and with our lives as they are. And to trust in the world and in our lives as they should be. May it be so, oh God. Coming Messiah, may it be so. Amen. Amen.